Jesus prays. And as he prays, you see the passion and the urgency in his prayer in our gospel lesson for today. Because as he prays, he's, it's going to be the end of something. It's the end of his time on earth. It's the end of the time with his disciples. So he's praying this final prayer, and you see that it's an important prayer, as all of Jesus' prayers are important. But this prayer is one of the final ones before he dies. One that he, he gives about his disciples. First, he starts off, he prays about himself, and he says, Lord, glorify me as I have glorified you, asking God to, to carry out the work that he started that finishes in the cross and then the resurrection. And then the rest of his prayer starts off with disciples, and it starts off again with believers. And he prays, and he actually tells God everything that he's done for his disciples and everything that he's equipped them with. He says, I've given them my word. I have told them my, your name so that they may believe in you. And then he gets eventually to our text for today, starting at verse 11. And it takes a very sentimental turn. As he's been cluing them in, the disciples, of his time coming to an end, he then says this. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. For I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. See, Jesus' prayer was passionate. His prayer was concerned with the disciples, and you see how concerned he was as the prayer continues to go on and on about his disciples and what he needs and wants for them as he leaves them in this world by themselves. That's the first time they're going to be alone. All the other times in the three-year ministry of Christ, Jesus was there. As they went and faced challenges with Pharisees and teachers of the law, Jesus was right there by their side to help and strengthen them. Jesus was there as they grew together and comforted each other. Jesus was, was there in times of rejoicing, the, the times where the disciples sat before thousands of people and fed every single one of them so that they were full. Jesus was there. That would all be the same except Jesus would no longer be there. They'd go through the very same things, but Jesus wouldn't be there leading them or standing by their side or pushing them from behind, encouraging them. He would be gone, and so he sits down and he prays, and he asks this, keep them safe, protect them. It's a prayer any of us would pray. Protect them in, in your name, Father. If we have children, if they've already gone away to, to school or are going away to school, for months at a time we sit down before the Lord and we say, protect them, Father. Keep them safe. And much like Jesus' prayer probably goes on for a little while, keep them safe so that they can drive there and they get to their destination safely. Keep them safe on the roads so that they can actually go to school or go to their final destination. We pray for those who we love and say, Lord, let them... Fit in. Give them people who love them. Show them that they're lovable outside their family. Keep them safe, Lord. They are away at school. Keep them safe at school. Keep them from the bad things that, that, that distract from 
education and academics and, and keep them focused on their schoolwork because that's how they will be keep, kept safe in their, their life and their future, that they know their job, they know what they've been taught, keep them safe. And sometimes we say, don't let anything happen to them. Keep everything that's bad, everything that's evil, everything that can pull them away, away from them. Lord, keep them, keep them coming to church. Keep them in your word. Keep them safe. We ask all these things, and for good reason. And, and the Lord sits there and he listens to us because this is a passionate prayer of parents or loved ones who might not see their loved one for a time. But then we see Jesus' prayer, and it's just, it's just Jesus' prayer. It's what you expect of Jesus. And even though this prayer is, is so long and it goes for an entire chapter, we see his prayer is very specific and it focuses on one single thing as Jesus is going to leave his disciples behind. He doesn't necessarily pray that they don't get hurt by the Pharisees or the teachers of the law. He doesn't pray that they don't face suffering. He doesn't pray that they don't get hurt. Here he, he prays and he says, keep them from the evil one. That's his prayer. As you see Jesus' prayer in full, that, that's all circling around that one thing. Keep them from the evil one. You think of our our prayers and how we defend ourselves and protect ourselves. So often we protect ourselves by separating ourselves from everything that is bad. So if we don't want to get burnt, we step away from the fire. If we want our kids to be safe and not get harmed, we stay away from bad places and bad people. If we want our valuables safe, we, we put them in a place where the people that want to steal them can't find them. We, we hide everything away. We almost say, let nothing happen to them. For our kids, let nothing happen to them, nothing that's bad, nothing that's, that might hurt them in any way, their feelings, their, their physical attributes, nothing that would cause them harm. And yet here Jesus comes in his prayer. He doesn't ask for any of that at all. He says, keep them from the evil one. Verse 15, he says, my prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. I suppose we understand what it's like, maybe as parents, to try to take our parents out of this, or our kids out of this world, to protect them, to keep them away from everything that's bad. We, we feel like we have to, to guide them and direct them in everything that they do and keep them away from everything that is bad. But here, Jesus isn't saying that at all. He's saying to his disciples, let them face what they're going to face. The very things that we went through while I was here on this earth, they're going to go through too. Satan's going to come and pull at their, their shirts and try to tempt them away. As the Pharisees criticize and ridicule them for their teaching. There are going to be times of storm and turmoil in their life. As their very lives are threatened because they bear this name of Jesus... But Jesus doesn't say, keep them from that. 
He doesn't mention keeping them, them safe as they travel across the world and as they, they face different peoples and cultures. He doesn't say keep them away from everything because Satan is everywhere and no matter where you go, even if you fall back and hide from everything in the world, Satan is there. And so that's the prayer that Jesus prays. Keep them safe from the evil one. Keep them safe. In my name, protect them. Satan will be there. He's going to be tempting. He's going to be convincing. He's going to try to to convince the disciples to, to not spread the word of Christ and share it with people. You see how he's done that and and how history has unfolded as disciples even died for their faith. And yet he protected them still. You see, as disciples went through life with Jesus and ministry with Jesus, they were always protected. That's why he says, while I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None of them has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. Protected but not taken from the world. They stood there with Jesus in the boat as the waves were crashing over the side. They they doubted. They doubted God's care for them, and they cried out to Jesus, and then Jesus stood up and protected them. He calmed the winds and the waves. Peter came up to Jesus, and he said, Lord, you can't do this. You can't die. That was Satan pulling at his shirt. Jesus protected him. Get behind me, Satan. You see how the disciples doubted and fled as Jesus was being crucified. And their hearts did not know the resurrection. He came back. He said, look at my hands and my feet. By his name, he protected them. Keeping them wrapped in Christ. Because being wrapped in Christ means you're not standing there with Satan on your shoulder who directs you in any path that he wants. Because certainly Satan's not going to direct you on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Satan's not going to sanctify you through the truth. He wants you to do nothing with the truth. Satan is not going to bring you the, the joy and the happiness that Christ brings us. He's going to direct us to the joy and the happiness that this world offers and tries to convince us that this is the joy that we need to be part of this world, to enjoy this world, to fit into this world. Protect them, Jesus says. He prays because they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. To be this world is to be led by Satan. Jesus calls Satan the the ruler of this world who masquerades as an angel of light. He directs our thoughts and words to cling to the things of this world versus to cling to what Christ has given. 
He wants us to find comfort in this world. He wants us to be at peace with this world. He wants us to fit in so that we feel like there's no problem at all being like everyone else. And Christ says, you're unlike everyone else because you bear my name. You'll be ridiculed for that. Because whereas the world finds joy in worldly things, we find joy in what Christ has given us, his peace, his forgiveness of sins. Where the world finds, finds righteousness and finds holiness in this world, Christ says, that's not holiness at all. Your own holiness is filthy rags. It's my holiness that I give you. This is what makes you good. When the world finds comfort and avoids turmoil... Christ comforts us in our turmoil. Just as he comforted his disciples when they were rebuked by chief teachers of the law and the priests. When they were run out of towns, they still had joy and comfort because Satan wasn't there with his his arm on his shoulder directing him towards worldly joy and peace and comfort and righteousness but Christ was there with him. Jesus prays. This is his final prayer that's recorded about his disciples, and he says, this is what I want for them. Protect them from the evil one in my name. As mothers, you would have the same thing for your child. You want them to be protected and you can think of all the things that might harm them and you go through the list and you continue to pray and to pray, but here often we forget this very important thing, the very same thing that Jesus prayed, protect them from the evil one. Because that is ultimate protection. Because even getting harmed in this world, even being outcast in this world, even being lost in this world, in Christ you are never harmed You were never lost. You were never forgotten. You have a promise of eternal life. A promise of safety and comfort. A promise of joy. Verse 13 says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. I picture Jesus praying this out loud so that his disciples can hear it. Praying it so that they know that they can have joy, because Jesus is praying that they be protected from the evil one, Satan. And what Jesus is asking here is that God hook their hearts with his words so that they're led by Christ and his love for him versus the world. So that no matter what they go through as they walk through life, as they are lost in life because there's no one around them, that have no friends, they still find joy and comfort because Christ is right there with them. He hooks their heart and he drags them along. He says, whenever someone criticizes you for who you are as a stranger of the world, I love you more than they can possibly love you. And your world that you have is much more glorious than this. He hooks our hearts 
He says, there's nothing that Satan can do that I have already done for you. Jesus prays, and it's a Jesus prayer. It's all about his word. It's all about keeping them holy. Sanctify them through the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into this world, I have sent them into this world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Make them holy, Jesus, please. I sanctify myself. He is about to go and complete the work that he promised he would complete, to die on the cross, to, to make holy. Through the cross, we are make holy. And now he says, make my disciples holy because I am sending them into this world. Here's what protects them from the devil, from Satan. It's my holiness. It's my righteousness. And here's what brings my righteousness to you. It's my word. Sanctify them through the truth. Your word is truth. It's a reminder for mothers and and fathers alike. Here is what we can give to our children. The most important thing we can give. Sanctify them. Keep them from the Holy One. Keep them from falling away from your word, but allow them to cling to you and wrap your name, Jesus' name, around themselves because that is what protects us. That is what sanctifies us. We see the disciples as they go out after Easter and we see how God sanctified and strengthened them. They wore Jesus, and they, they wore Jesus all the way to the end, willing to die for him, because Christ already died in their place. May we always pray that we're not taken from this world, that we avoid the sufferings of this world, but in the sufferings and in this world, we have that protection of Christ, who wraps us in his name. May God sanctify us through that. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed, printed for you on the bottom of page 5 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.